Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast is in your life today. Oh my god, how long has it been? Two weeks? Two and a half weeks? Three weeks? Jesus Christ, I miss doing this. I really do. If for any reason you are pretty much living under a rock or have no idea where the hell I've been, it's pretty simple. Actually, no, it's not very simple. It's actually very complex. Voice actors would understand this, and I'm going to share with you a little bit of a story. Hopefully, it won't take up so much time, but yeah, it's my podcast. We're going to do whatever the hell we want. I had to strip down my studio twice. I was doing an audition a couple of weeks ago, and let's just say it didn't go as well as I wanted it to. Because there was just so much noise that was going on in the background. And I know, I know this is a normal thing because especially if you don't have a soundproof booth and you just have something that can only sound treat as best you can, you can only work with what you, with what you can. I, I get that, I get that. But this audition that I was doing was really, really, tr- let's just say I was giving it my all and I was trying my best to book this audition because this was something that... I was very passionate about, and it was something that I was in a little bit of a directed session. I didn't get it. It's fine. You know, we move on. We do our jobs, and if we get it, we don't. If we don't get it, then it goes to someone else who's more deserving. Congratulations, Master Tough, whatever. I was so upset because I feel like I could have done more. It's one of those moments where if something bad happens and you realize that you could have done better to prevent a small mistake or whatever to try to fix that situation. That's kind of the mindset that I was going with. So I had to strip down the entire studio. I said, all right, enough enough is enough. It's time for a change. Let's see what happens. Fast forward, I tried to go inside my closet and everything was good. My lazy panda was helping me out. Everything was going well. And then I was doing a couple of test samples. I sent it to a couple of friends of mine And they said it's all good, but something did not appear quite right. It felt felt boxed in. And apparently, I didn't realize is a microphone like this, because I have the Sennheiser, yes, I have the Sennheiser MKH-416 shotgun microphone. So with a microphone like this, what happens is it actually needs space in order for sound to actually go into it and have enough space so that way nothing is bouncing off the walls or nothing is bouncing off the blankets. The problem is my closet that I was using at the time was very, it was very small. And it was creating this thing called a comb filtering effect. And it sounded like I was too boxed in. And let me tell you, that's pretty much worse than what I was going through right um, at that moment. And everything was going fine. You know, I was going through negative 60 decibels, negative 65 post-credit, uh, uh, not post-credit, post-edits, all, all the way down to negative 80. I was, I was happy. I was thrilled. But I was cramped. And the sound was just not hip quality. It just really wasn't. 
And I was very upset at myself. And I'm like, God damn, what else could I do? So I had to go back to score one. I had to rebuild my PVC booth. So right now I'm in my blanket booth as of right now. Uh, I believe it's uh, four by five, if I'm not mistaken. Either three and a half or four by five. And hopefully, as I'm talking to you now, it sounds good. It sounds clear. But you still get that little hints of either the fan of my computer going on in the background or the plane that wants to swing over my head. Lo and behold, moral at the end of the story, sometimes if something doesn't work, you try to see what does work. And if it doesn't work, you got to resort back to your old tactics. And I'm going to have to take a couple of losses on the chin because I have to understand that it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but, you know... It's a learning lesson. It's a learning lesson for us voice actors. It's a, le- it's a learning lesson for myself to know what my equipment is doing, for me to know how sound works, and try to, use, uh, try to utilize the best of my ability. So it's why I was on this two-week IAF. Not to mention, for the past couple of days, I don't know what the hell happened. I was sick as shit. I, I, I don't know what. I think I caught my girlfriend's cold or something because... I was sick as a dog. I ate an apple yesterday, and that apple did not agree with me. My stomach was like, yeah, okay, let's go back out there, please. Oh my goodness, it was bad. But I feel better. I feel better. I feel good. And it's back on a Tuesday. And now, let's get this party started. So, if that's what you're wondering why I haven't been on for a while, now you know. If you don't know, now you know. No, Tori. All right, I'll stop. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now, so much has happened these past couple of weeks, but I'm not going to dive in terms of what happened in the past. No, no, no. It's going to be way too long, way too easy. Not to mention the last episode that I did, if I remember, I went way over an hour. I was exhausted as hell, dehydrated. Like, I was like, I, I can't keep doing that again. You know, there's a reason why I always set my time for at least 30 to 40 minutes, 45 at the max. But today, today, who, my goodness, Eternals literally just happened over the weekend and I saw it and I have a lot to say about it. Oh my goodness. You know, the best way for me to talk about it is talk about what happened previously or what's been happening previously all the way till now and what do I think is going to go forward in the future. You might like what I say, you might not like what I say. But I'm just being honest, like I always do. All that plus our superhero quote of the day. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get the shoutouts out of the way, shall we? And I want to give a major shout-out because this Thursday is Veterans Day. Um, I'm a veteran myself. I know many of you, you probably know someone that are veterans as well. This, th- that Thursday is the day that we celebrate the brave men and women that have given their lives for us, that has fought for us through time and time again. I can share that experience with them for the simple reason that I have known many good friends and many people that have went over to war in Iraq, to Afghanistan, to, to any place. And it's not an easy thing for us to deal with. It really isn't. Us meaning the soldiers. You know, I thank them. I I am proud to be a part of the the elite, not the elite of the elite. I, you know, I haven't done that in terms of what they've done. But the fact that I did my time and I am honored and privileged to 
be among of the brave men and women that has fought for this country time and time again, there could be no higher honor than that. There really isn't. And it's that moment that I want to celebrate. I'm going to be, I'm actually going to be at the Intrepid this Thursday to help honor everything uh, in terms of history and being on the radio and, you know, give my support and spread the word and just do what I can to ensure that everyone else is appreciative too. So once again, this Thursday is Veterans Day. Obviously, I don't do the show Thursday. That's why I'm doing the shout out for them. Thank you so much. If you're listening to this and you're a veteran or if you're part of the National Guard or if you're active or any branch for that matter, thank you for what you do. Thank you for being part of one of the greatest armed forces, Navy, SEALs, anything, any branch. Thank you. We love you and we appreciate you. Despite the fact that this country is now being fucked up for what it is right now, we have not forgotten and we will never forget. It's as simple as that. So thank you. This Thursday, Veterans Day, God bless. That's all we have for the shout outs. Let's dive into our eternal deep dive, the review. And that comes right in a bit. So before I go into what my true thoughts of the entire movie, I kind of want to do a little bit of a preview. I want to say a little bit of a preview, but more of a, how the hell did we get to this point? How the hell did we come across a movie where it has so much controversy, literally weeks leading up to it, and yet none of us have any indication in terms of what the hell was going on? This movie, in a way, was a recipe for disaster, if you truly, truly think about it. For one thing, with the LGBTQ representation and the media trying to shove it down our faces and into our throats, to Rotten Tomatoes giving it a, currently, right now, giving a 47%, but the audience score is giving it an 80%. And it's one of those moments where I'm like, oh, wow. You would think that more people, more of the reviews that actually worked for Marvel would actually rate it higher. And then as the reviews go in, it then gets a little bit lower. No, this thing was low. This thing was a roller coaster. Kingdom Ka all the way down. And I mean all the way down to 47. 47%. Oh my god. And then on top of all that... This movie, either there was a scene or the entire movie was banned in other countries like Saudi Arabia and other, you know, like Muslim speaking countries and other religious speaking countries and Indian speaking countries or, you know, those countries in, you know, that. And they were seen and, you know, they were banned and the fact that because they had a gay scene, which, by, by the way, before I continue on, there will be some slight spoilers, by the way. You know, it's there's no way that I can talk about how I truly felt about this movie without giving some slight spoilers. So that way I can know or you can know whatever it is the hell I'm talking about. So you've been warned. So there was a gay scene, but it wasn't really much of a gay scene. It was just two guys kissing. That was it. I mean, 
you want to talk about the LGBTQ representation and you want to give all of that. Like, the media really did blow this out of proportion. They really did because it, it was trying to make it seem, oh my god, well, there are going to be more scenes of this. And this this movie, it, I think there was one actor, I forgot his name, who played one of the characters. He's like, this movie is going to save lives and this movie's going to do this. And I'm like, bro, it's two guys kissing. Like, so what? <laughs> so what? Like, who who cares? And then you go into these other countries, you know, all these other foreign countries, and I'm like, wait, you're sensitive because of that? You're you're trying to ban the film or you're trying to censor a scene because of that? Really? Get with the times, bro. I mean, get with the times. But anyway, back to what I was saying about the media, like, they really blew all of this out of whack. They really did. Saying that, oh, this is a strong movie of LGBTQ plus representation and this this is for all of us and, and this movie uh, represents all of what we stood for. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm paraphrasing what these articles come together as a whole. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, well, you only had one scene. If anything, this movie really showed more diversity than it really did representation, if you truly think about it. I mean... First of all, put it this way, if me, Mike Garcia, voice of Garcia, me, the person who constantly bitches about the LGBTQ shoving down our throats, who constantly bitches about Captain Marvel being a piece of shit of a movie, who constantly bitches about Cassandra Kane from Birds of Prey being the biggest piece of shit of a character that I've ever seen in my life, the guy that bitches about everything else that either I don't agree with or maybe someone wants to throw everything out of whack. If I'm telling you that I didn't feel any type of way about the LGBTQ represented in this film, you know something is going on. You know full well. Oh, and no, I'm not woke. Oh, don't get the wrong idea. I am not woke. There is no wokeness here. The woke needs to stay asleep. No, there's no wokeness here. I'm just saying there really wasn't anything much of it from my perspective. Either I didn't think about it too much, or maybe I didn't see it, or maybe I just don't care. I really don't. But anyway, back to our review. So, as I said earlier, this movie, in a way, was kind of a recipe for disaster. It was dicey. It was dicey, dicey, to say the least. No one's ever heard of any of these characters. We're pretty much at the point now where we're way into Marvel Phase 4 after the introduction and the inclusion of WandaVision to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm, I keep on saying that. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's the right one. Falcon and the Winter Soldier to Black Widow to Shang-Chi. And now we're here. If I'm missing one, I do apologize. Now we're here to see where the hell everything is going. And... In my opinion, it's pretty much a guarantee that Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame were like the climax of these of this entire franchise, of the entire MCU franchise. And for some weird reason, it's slightly going downhill, which I did not want to admit to myself. I know I briefly touched upon it around a couple of months ago, but I really didn't want to believe it. You know, sometimes I say things just to say them, but... It has to take me a while for me to truly convince myself for me to believe it. Well, now, in this case, I do believe it. No one has ever heard of these characters. No one's ever heard of anything of what these characters can do. I didn't even hear about these characters. You know, 
originally, to give you a little bit of a history lesson, these characters were actually created by Jack Kirby. And Jack Kirby, at one point, left Marvel so he can work with DC Comics, and he actually made the New Gods from DC Comics. So when he came back to Marvel, these characters, these demigods, were actually inspired by the new gods from DC Comics. Now, who do I mean by new gods? Well, Darkseid is a new god. You got um, Orion is a new god. Um, I forgot another character. Goddamn, it's, it's, it's probably going to hit me later on. But that's what I mean by new gods. You know, those characters were inspired by these. And, I'm sorry, these were inspired by those. You know, trying to go into my grammar nowadays and it's one of those moments where okay if this is going to be a different movie let it at least be enjoyable and according to the score to the 80 percent audience score it was enjoyable for me mm, mm. you see what problems that i have with this movie well there were a lot of things that was going on into this movie as a whole. And I don't mean on the fact that there were... No, sorry. There were a lot of subplots. Let's be honest here. For a two and a half hour film, they definitely crammed so much into this movie for me to even think about or even understand what the hell was going on behind the scenes. Like, what was going on to to the point where I'm like, okay, why make this choice? Or why make that choice? You know? When you have a director that has only made three films, and I say this all the time when it comes to credibility, and even I suffer from that from time to time, where sometimes where you can have a person to take on a 200 million plus budget and make a film like this and belong to an amazing franchise that has clearly been made for over 10 years, when you're given the keys to that, your expect- the expectations are high through the roof. Three movies she's only had under her belt. Not so much credibility, in my opinion. Not really. Now, I know I'm talking about everything what's going on behind, so let me talk about exactly what I believe or what was going on with the main aspects. First and foremost, you have these characters, none of them in a way with the exception of the protagonist, and forgive me if I don't remember any of their names. Uh, um, I do. Cersei. I don't remember any of the actors' names, and to be honest, I really don't want to, with the exception of Jon Snow and, you know, Icarus. Obviously, we know him from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I I kid you not. These were the only two people that I was looking forward to the most for the simple reason of Game of Thrones. You know, the, the only two people. Rob Stark and Jon Snow. Kit Harington and the other guy. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Hold on. I feel like it's disrespectful that I'm quoting him and I don't really remember what this guy's name is. Oh my goodness. This is what I get for not not even remotely just be like, oh my, Richard Madden, there we go. See? I knew I'd get it. Richard Madden. So we got Kit, uh, Kit Harrington and Richard Madden. Sorry, getting a little paused here. So we have these two actors where I'm actually looking forward to, and I believe... This movie was trying to use that in a way to try to market the film to see, hey, you got these actors that was belong to this main franchise. You remember them. They're going to be together. So therefore, come into our thing and we're going to watch it. They were barely together. They were together for like one scene. Kit Harrington was only in the movie for like two scenes. 
three scenes at best. So right then and there, I'm like, well, I really wanted more of him, but I guess I'm going to settle for this. The synopsis of this movie, I know I'm going all over in circles here, but please bear with, bear with. The synopsis of this movie is in general is here. These demigods for, has been living on Earth for thousands of years and essentially is protecting mankind from these beings known as deviants. And these beings that are the deviants are trying to either kill people or do what they do, which is cause mayhem, cause destruction, and it's up to the Eternals to try to save mankind from them, essentially ensuring that the human population is continuing to thrive so that way they could enforce a light source for a celestial to be born and rise from the ashes and rise from birth to destroy the world so that way a new world can be made into a new galaxy, a new universe can be birthed from the sacrifice of this planet. If it just sounded confusing in terms of how I explain it, trust me, it was confusing in terms of what I felt at that time. As I said earlier, there is just so much that goes on into this film. There are a lot of aspects, there are a lot of things to even talking about. For example, one of them was removing free will from humanity, which in turn could lead into a peaceful yet enslaved culture. There was one aspect that, was, that this movie actually touched on. There was the other aspect of the dangers of rushing civilization by supplying advanced technology and see if that, in a way, leads into becoming weapons of mass destruction. So there was that that we focused on too. Then there is the question of letting celestial gods and celestial beings from becoming what they are by sacrificing billions of people to create new life. Like, it does it create a moral a morality in terms of who we are as a society or who we are as mankind what right do we have to prevent something from being created do we have a right to exist on our own or do we have do we need to sacrifice ourselves for new life to appear do you understand what i'm saying like there's just so much that goes into this where none of it in a way really truly got resolved so you're faced with these characters that are having these dilemmas you really don't get attached with any of them. If you are a gay guy, or if you are a deaf person, or if you, I'm sorry, not deaf, but mute. If you are a mute, or if you, you know, speak sign language, maybe in a way you can resonate with someone along these lines, but in a way, you really don't care about any of them, if you truly think about it. This movie from the very get-go was, a, was in a way a bit of a cluster. Because this movie is projecting to you these characters that are essentially a family, but they're a dysfunctional family, and yet you're supposed to care about them being split apart, but then them reuniting when they don't even have chemistry. None of these characters have chemistry, with the exception of Icarus and Cersei. None of these characters has any type of chemistry whatsoever. And I don't want to hear, oh, but what about... Uh, Druig and the other one, the one that has super speed, which, by the way, was like the one of the most ultimate super speed, you know, displays that I've ever seen on the big screen. So bravos to that. But again, I don't feel any of it. And the forced contrived romance between Icarus and Cersei 
this movie does a lot where it goes 60% of the past and 40% in the present. Where it's like one of those moments where it's like, okay, well, I understand you're showing me the past for these characters to develop, but they're not really developing because there's nothing for us to hold on to for the simple reason that they broke up. So, why did they break up? Well, it turns out that there was a character that has known the truth in terms of what the Celestials were doing the whole time, and then, of course, plot twist, hey, the bad guys become the good guys, become the bad guys again. And again, it's one of those moments where I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, how the hell did we fit all of this two-and-a-half-hour thing and we're, we're supposed to root for these characters? Like, what makes me root for these characters? There's a guy from YouTube. I saw on YouTube the comments, and there, there's a guy, I definitely want to quote him. I screenshotted what he said, and I feel like this is a perfect indication in terms of what the hell I was feeling at the time. So... I'm going to give him appropriate shout out and this is something that I actually felt and I feel like he hit this on the money. This guy I'm giving a shout out to Jonas Diaz. He said, any film's mistakes can be ironed over by a cast of characters that you feel invested in and want to actively root for. It's difficult to do so when you when you bring a cast of 10 for the first time that's a dysfunctional family while doing a get the gang back together, while trying to do a murder mystery, while trying to do a sci-fi epic, while analyzing how worth saving humanity is. That's a lot to handle, but nah, it'll be fine. Do you see the point I'm trying to make here? I, Jonas basically hit it on the money. There's so much that goes into this movie where it's like, flip-flopping back and forth and you really don't follow any of it with the exception of a few good action sequences I, that to me is probably the best ones it's this this movie is a cluster it really is and the truth is I didn't really care about almost any of it like, these beings are clones or they're copies of their former selves and their memories get wiped out and then they go into a new world for these new celestial beings. It, oh my goodness. It's... And the ending, oh, it felt anticlimactic. Like, what redemption do any of these characters have? Or this one particular character, what redemption does he have? He just goes away. Will he be back? Is he sorry for what he's done? You know, does he repent in some way? You know, oh, they stopped this thing from happening. That's it. It's like, oh, oh, oh okay. Alright, well. Then you got this other subplot where these deviants, now they have minds of their own. And what, are we supposed to be sympathetic now towards them? Are we supposed to be sympathetic towards these deviants that were also created by this thing? And are they the victims here? Is everyone the victim? Like, what constitutes as a good guy now? What constitutes as a bad guy? I know I'm jumping all over this place, but like I said, this movie was extremely hard to figure out once you put in the pieces. And I feel like the majority of people that really enjoyed this movie, which, 
you know, kudos to you. If you enjoyed it, that's completely up to you. That's fine with you. For me, it's like, all right, I went this, I went in this not caring about what's going on, and I left out still not caring about what's going on. But I have to say this though, for some weird reason, there were there was news that was bringing up where this movie was making that it. it I believe there was an article. I forgot where it came from. If I remember the source, I'll probably say it the next time. But there was an article that said, oh, this movie is acknowledging the the existence of the DC Comics universe. And I'm like, what? Wait, wait, what, 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 what? Oh, I gotta, you know me, I'm a DC Comics fan. So I'm like, okay, now I gotta listen to this. So the whole movie, they made numerous, numerous Superman references. There was one Batman reference and so many Superman references. And I'm just thinking to myself, why? Why would Marvel acknowledge or cross-promote a different company from a different source, from a different superhero genre, a franchise, into doing what they're doing now? Now, I understand we live in the multiversal era. I completely understand that. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that these characters, for some weird reason, would know the existence of Superman and the others. It's not unfathomable to to even grasp that aspect. Try saying that three times. Grasp that aspect. It's not unfathomable at all. Deadpool did it in his second movie. But the difference between Deadpool is he knows he's in a comic book film. He knows that other characters exist. He knows that, you know, there's other things that goes on within the comic book realm in general. These characters should not know that. And even if they do even if they did, even if they did acknowledge the existence of the DC Comics universe, they would have made references about that long ago or at least way way early into this movie. At least. At least. But when I heard this character said, oh my god, he's like Superman. He's like, you know, doing the laser beams. He's doing this and he's doing that. In my mind, I thought to myself, okay, well, he's not referencing the person Superman. He's referencing the comic book character. Maybe this person is a fan of the character. Maybe he saw him in some way, shape, or form. Maybe he saw him as you know, in playing a video game or watching the animated series. That's what I got out of it. Because if you truly, truly break it down, if you truly want to break this down, there is no reason why a 10-year-old would know, would know the existence of other heroes from a, diff- from a different universe that has nothing to do with Marvel whatsoever. So the fact, once again, that the media wants to play into this, oh, oh, they, they, they did Superman references, they've acknowledged it, they've acknowledged it. Not really. Because if you truly think about it, they would have done, did deeper into it. They would have been like, well, I do know Superman, I've met him, or I know of his existence, or no, this other character was like, I don't wear a cape. That's it, that's all he said. You know, this kid makes references to Superman saying that he knows him. No, no, he never said that he knows him, but I feel like that's what this movie was trying to get cheeky with it, where it's like, yeah, we do know the existence of the DC Universe characters, but a 10-year-old boy would not know that in the context of the movie. 
So why you would try to elude that to us, the audience, is confusing and it's kind of stupid and wasted. Now, I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, that a crossover between Marvel and DC will never happen. Maybe if they were to do an epic deal, and I mean extremely epic deal for all these characters to get together in some way, shape, or form, that'd be the only exception. But once again, a 10-year-old boy would not know the existence of Superman because he has no knowledge of the multiverse. Should I say more about this? No. I rest my case. Overall, this movie was... Bland. It, it, it was bland. I'm not going to say it's a bowl of unseasoned spaghetti like Captain Marvel is. But I did not have high expectations going into this movie. And I definitely don't have high expectations going out of the movie. In, in fact, I'm actually more disappointed that we didn't utilize Kit, Har- Kit Harrington's character a little bit more. They're saving him for the sequel of him possibly being the Black Knight. I want to see more of that. You know, it's maybe it's my fault for having my expectations way too high. Because like I said, we're in Marvel Phase 4. So you would think that even if they're going to build this thing up, if they're going to build the next big bad guy, maybe Galactus, maybe Mephisto, maybe anyone according to those lines, you would think that maybe they would do a better job in terms of building these characters or at least building the story as best they can. But when you have a movie that you have multiple characters that you have no idea, you have no history of, you don't connect to anybody unless the LGBTQ representation was trying to bank on that, you don't connect to the story, you don't connect to what's going on, you don't connect to the subplots, you don't connect to any of it, it really becomes a Debbie Downer. And yet, because my expectations were not as high as I wanted it to be, Is it popcorn fun? Uh, Fun is subjective. It really is. Well, these planes are going on over and over. It's kind of annoying. It really is. Case in point. Case in point. I feel like Marvel, as of right now, is going a little bit of a downward slope. And it's going to be a while before they pick back up again. I feel like Spider-Man No Way Home that's coming out next month is kind of the exception to that. One, I'm biased, obviously. And two, we kind of know that the story has to end. And it's been numerous reports that this this movie coming up is the end game of the Spider-Man trilogy. Not to mention there's a strong chance that Spider-Man slash Tom Holland, well, the character of Spider-Man, will be going back to Sony. And I'm not mad at that. I really am not. I'd rather Sony utilize their characters, regardless of what I think about the movies, whether they have to utilize their full potential or not. I'd rather Spider-Man actually go back and utilize his full potential to a different source, that being Sony, instead of Marvel slash Disney. But that's just my opinion. So, if I have to put this to a close, what do I think about this movie? What do I... What grade would I give it? Uh, honestly, I'm I'm stuck in the middle. I give it a 5 out of 10. I really do. 
And I get it. I get it. You know, you're probably going to be pissed off that I said that. Or you're probably going to go into the ranting comments and you're kind of probably going to call me a piece of shit or someone that's a conformist or someone that take it, take it for what it is. Just take it for what it is. It's, it's just one of those moments where I'm like, dude, I, I don't care. I didn't care about these characters. I don't care about the story. And I definitely don't care about anything of what goes on forward. You know, I thought Angelina Jolie would be able to break away in terms of be that awesome wow factor. But she's, she's, you know, not tainted, but restricted by her, you know, repressed memories from her past lives. So we did see a cool fight scene between her and the Deviant. That's just about it. I swear to God, I thought this is probably going to be the most racist thing that I've ever said, and I apologize for it. I thought from the pictures and from the posters, because I didn't even see the trailers up to this point, only one. I thought Gilgamesh was Wong the entire time. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I literally thought that was Wong from a distance because I never see the posters up close. I thought that was Wong, and it turned out that Wong wasn't eternal this entire time, which would have been a perfect, awesome reveal. But no, it's a completely different character. It's not a racist thing. I just thought they were, I, I, again, I thought that this person was this person. It's the same way of what I felt when I saw, I forgot this actress's name. But it was the uh, the dark comedy horror movie, um, Ready or Not. And I thought for sure that actress was Margot Robbie. I thought for sure that character, that person was Margot Robbie. Because they look so much alike. And it wasn't. So, again, that's my fault. Maybe you think I'm ignorant. Maybe you think, oh, you should have known better. Oh my god, that's racist. Oh, oh you did do that. Shut the fuck up. I'm, reali- I'm realizing my mistake. I thought for sure that was Wong. Or maybe a descendant of Wong. Or maybe someone that has a deep connection with Wong. Nope, nothing, none of that. That's just about it. I mean, there's really nothing more to say about this movie. I went in. Will I see it again? Probably not. You know, maybe maybe if I do see it again, I'll have a different tune. But until then, it's going to be a while before that happens. That's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. I sincerely apologize that it took me a while for me to do this, but I definitely wanted to get my point across. If I did have a point, I really don't have a point. It is what it is. I'm just speaking my mind to the best of my ability. If you have any doubts, if you have any opinions, if you want to call me out or if you say that this is the best thing since sliced bread and it's extremely good by all means you let me know yourself you can let me know voiceofgarcia.com that's where you can reach me or my twitter and instagram i'm always on twitter so you can reach me there at voiceofgarcia if you need any help with any you know podcasting promo work Anything you need in terms of audio-related projects, you let me know, you hit me up, and we can get something going. I will say, there's a chance, there's a chance that I may be working with someone else very soon for another podcast moving forward. We still need to iron out the details. I don't want to give too much away in case that it doesn't happen, but I'm just throwing that out there. Now, now that we've reached the end... And it's clearly the 40-minute mark. Let's go into our superhero quote of the day. And this one is from 
Might as well do it because we're talking about him. Icarus himself. I am Icarus. I am Icarus of the Eternals. I am older than humanity. I was created to protect the earth and everything that moves upon it. Someone has done this. Someone has done this to me and to my people. Whoever you are, wherever you are, I will find you. And my reaction to that is this. You could have been way much more of an interesting, compelling character if you would have said something along those lines in this movie, but you didn't. You weren't there to protect mankind. You were there to farm us. You were there to give us to a being for sacrifice. So, my ending, what I have to say about that, go fuck yourself. Simple as that. Well, guys, next month we have Spider-Man No Way Home. And I feel like this is the perfect opportunity for once a week for me to do a countdown of all Spider-Man films leading up to it. And I feel like this is the perfect opportunity for me to at least enjoy myself in some way. We're about four weeks away. I believe there are, yes, there are five movies in total. So if anything, not only will there be other news, but I'll probably do a re-review of each movie as we do a countdown. So that's going to be fun, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Oh boy, I can't wait. But until then, until then, please stay safe. Don't drink and drive. Pretty much do whatever you want to do. Just don't harm anybody else. And remember, when it comes to the world of comic book news, games, shows, movies, whatever the case may be, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it, controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Till next time, I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.